Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. What's up? Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel. We told you last week to this week would be a little bit different. Hassel joins. Are you in Atlanta? Yes, I am at the uh, Delta Sky Club in Atlanta. Ooh, big shot. Big shot going to cover a Super Bowl, going into the Sky Club to do his podcast. Uh, it is Sunday around noon. Hassel is going to be in Las Vegas all week, so he's going to be totally different time zone, and he's got a lot of his own CBS responsibilities. So I don't know when we're doing the Thursday show yet. We will figure that out and and let you guys know. But again, so if you're if you're watching or listening to this on Sunday, we will not be doing a show on Monday morning. I'm going to have a little bit of bonus content for you guys this week, though, because these will be shorter. Uh, but everybody gets in there, Chris, everybody gets in their rhythms and their routines. And I don't want to screw them up too much with big shot sure. Super Bowl hassle being out on the uh, West Coast, uh, going to the highfalutin Super Bowl parties. And, and I, I know how I know what happens. It's just uh, especially a Super yeah, it's Bowl just in a big Vegas. party, right? It's, there's yeah. no work, no work no. done. You're just going to be no responsible clubs, strip clubs, yeah. um, drinking drinking Hennessy, doing all that, uh, eating caviar. You're going to, I know how this is going to go for you, big national, national guy. You, mm -hmm. so we, we got to be respectful of that. I, I think I'm going to do two CW pods this week. This is cool. I don't think I've told you this. Lisa Bluter is coming on with me. Oh, on Wednesday. That's great. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to do a sit down with Lisa Bluter on Wednesday. Do they that have a be... game between Sunday and Wednesday? To be honest, I don't know. I, I, I oh have, my God. I haven't done any of my prep yet, so but I, I do know I have time with her on Wednesday, so that'll be really cool. I'm looking forward to that. They had an eventful game on Saturday night. Saturday night was crazy, dude. The Iowa State men and the Iowa women both had just wild ones going on at the same time. We'll get to your 
uh, Super Bowl storylines and what you're going to be up to. But th- what in the hell is it right now with every Iowa State Big 12 game has to have some side storyline that is just insane. We have Scott Drew getting tossed for the first time in his career. Baylor's athletic director going after the league after the game. That was a crazy one. That was one of the craziest basketball games I've watched in a really long time. Hey, my buddy Mike O'Donnell on the call for that game. I mean, he he, he said it multiple times late in that game, just how it feels like we've seen everything. And then <laughs> yeah. lo and behold, the last shot goes down like that. And there's a malfunction with the clock. And it. Uh, and did, did you notice I'm kind of doing the opposite of the Baylor camera with my camera? I'm like, I'm looking directly down because the uh, this table is super low. I have no way to prop up my computer and my camera. So I'm like hovering over the top of my laptop, looking straight down like we were having to look straight down on that court for the Baylor game. That's brutal. They, they have got to fix that for next season. They can't allow that to continue because that is a tough watch. It really is. It, the, the one thing that was disappointing about that whole broadcast, that whole game, because it was an awesome game. Was I'm just used to it by now because I watch. Yeah, I watch so much Big Twelve basketball. I, I, well, I've I, seen the angle. I just I've yeah. never sat there and watched almost two hours straight. Bad. That it's bad. Yeah. It, but flipping I, back I, and forth between that and the Iowa game, I mean, I, I really was not expecting the Iowa State women to get much of a game from Maryland. They were like what eleven and a half point favorites. Yeah. They had a big lead in the first half. And then, boom, all of a sudden, Maryland goes on a huge run, and Caitlin Clark had to step up. I know we'll get to that in a minute, but it was just kind of a fun back and forth. A great Saturday of basketball. You had oh. several top 10 matchups on the men's side, too. Phenomenal. You had Duke, Carolina. We had Kansas, Houston, which was kind of a dud, but it was still really interesting to see Kansas as a home underdog. I'd love yeah. to see somebody give me a stat as to how many times that's happened as well, long as Bill I think Selfie. that was just the second time under self. There was okay. one other time, and I, I believe they said it was uh, 2020 or 21 against Baylor. So that might have been like, – It would have been 21. Proud to – Well, Baylor won the national title in 21, so it would have made sense that that would have been the year. But, yeah, maybe it, maybe you're right if it was if it was 20 in the – Well, wait a minute. When did they not have crowds? Which year was that? That was 21. That was 21. That was the year Iowa State went 0 and 19. Uh, so the worst winter of, of all time. Like just, By the way, Steve Prome went in and beat Northern Iowa by like 90. I don't know what the hell's going on with that, Northern Iowa. They won nine of 10, and then all of a sudden they've, they've looked and terrible. But Prome's, Prome like has not been good at Murray. Like th- this was no, not. No, they're like nine and 14 or something this year. Really, really bizarre. Valley had a great, great day yesterday, though. Watching yeah. Jake at Indiana State was a was a really good one. I was worried that that game was going to go into overtime and bump back the Iowa State Baylor game. Nonetheless, uh, I want to talk about after the game. So we often talk about Otzelberger and his demeanor with the officials. And man, I I really think he's getting paid back for this over the last couple years. Listen to Baylor Athletic Director Mac Rhodes after the game. He says, quote, Tonight was an embarrassment for this league. We have the best basketball league in the country, and the officiating tonight did not match it. Period. End of story. This league needs to get better when we think about our officiating. 
this particular crew tonight did not match the level of this game. That should not happen in this league. That is coming from a sitting athletic director in the Big 12. What do you think? I 100% agree. I thought it was absolute trash. I, I don't know what was going on with the Scott Baylor or the, the Scott Drew technical fouls. The first one, fine. Okay, he's out yeah. basically on the three-point line. one he, was bizarre. He didn't even, it didn't even look like he was saying anything. I think they teed him up because he was like one foot outside the box. Yeah. And then the third one, we don't, we still don't know what happened there. What was said after he was already tossed, I thought that was extremely weak, extremely weak. And it changed the game. It got Iowa State back in it. And then they went on that 20 to nothing run. Um, I, I, I do think the team that deserved to win did. I think Baylor deserved to win that game. And that's why it was such a conflicting thought. Like for me, after the game, I obviously wanted Iowa State to win. Like you, you didn't. I don't feel like Iowa State played that well, right? So Keyshawn Gilbert hits five threes. Nobody else hits one. Lipsy plays one of the worst games of the season for him. Um, they shot free throw nineteen of thirty two from the free throw line. Horrible. That's like fifty three percent or fifty two percent or whatever that was. They didn't defend the three point line at all, which was my worry going into this game. That's Iowa State. If you want to scout them defensively they're not a very good perimeter defensive team this year when you get against these good three-point shooting teams but they but like from an Iowa State standpoint you felt like you were just handed this gift Mm -hmm. right and you you still couldn't pull away with it you still couldn't win the game but you know where I was like conflicted because it it felt like man that one was given to you but then at the same time if you're being objective you didn't really feel like your team had the had any right winning that game anyways and I don't want to hear and I have heard it. I have seen it. Iowa State fans complaining about the way things went down at the end of the game. The Cyclones never would have gotten a good look had the clock started on time and had they not been able to inbound the ball with 1.2 seconds left. Like They would have had to take their chances with a, a at least a 60-foot heave, maybe even more. That gave them a chance to win this game. and It's, it's too bad that it was a tenth of a second or too late. It was but, a hell of a shot and a hell of a play design. It, it was. It, it, it was oh. great, and it and it almost worked. It would have been incredible, but that you you can't like you were given that opportunity because they messed up. Like they they didn't mess up and screw you out of a chance to win the game. They they almost screwed Baylor out of a chance to win that game. Imagine how mad you would be if you're Baylor and oh. you lose like that after you've already been teed up three times for you know. God knows what. The first one, fine. The first technical, fine. But those last two, give me a break. That Can you imagine? And I, I can't remember. It might have been Travis Hines who tweeted this. Yeah, Hilton. <laughs> the, the vitriol inside Hilton Coliseum. If this was the exact opposite, if this game was in, at Iowa State and they tossed TJ for basically nothing and then teed up the bench or whoever steps up in his place – and the other team goes on a 20 to nothing run. I'm telling you, dude, these there had to be more to it. These referees are humans. Drew had had to have done something in the past to piss that guy off or what? Like, really? Like, because it, it was so weird that that never happens to a home. I don't think he had ever been tossed from a game. Period. He hadn't. Never in his entire career. He's coached over 700 games. 
he said after the game, they did get him on the record. And, and Drew was like, you know, I've never been tossed from a game. He's like, if I wanted to get tossed, I, I could have gotten tossed. I know mm-hmm. how to get tossed. Like coaches do that all the time. He's like, I, I've never wanted that. Um, he, I mean, he, listen, he, he's like any other coach in college basketball. He works the sidelines. He, he works officials. I am a true believer now in, and Otzelberger's approach, though, just to keep your mouth shut and stand back. Because, again, like I thought last night was a great – these are human beings, mm-hmm. these officials, and they, for some reason, they had it out for Drew last night, and then and they got him. And I, it just – it really doesn't impact Iowa State. In fact, they went up in the metrics because they only lost by two and they were like a four-point underdog. So it really doesn't matter. But man, like if you win that game, you're in lone yeah. possession of first place in the Big 12 conference as we enter the month of February. I mean, that would have it, it was it felt like a missed opportunity and it was a missed opportunity, but in the end, like again, if we're being intellectually honest here, Iowa State shouldn't have yeah. been in that position. Look, as a fan, you kick yourself because you're a tenth of a second or two from winning that game and you went on this 20 to nothing run and you had what, a seven point lead? I yeah. thought when Iowa State got that seven-point lead, everything had fallen apart for Baylor. I thought Iowa State was going to hang on and win that game. What happened in your mind after that? Well, listen, I, I thought they would just return to the mean. Like, usually when a team goes on a 20-0 run, th- that's not sustainable, right? It's just it's just not. like it, And Iowa State – well, the, first of all, they didn't make free throws. If they're just decent oh, yeah. from the free throw line, they win that game. That's all they had to do was protect the lead at the free throw line, and they couldn't do it. Two, really, they they shot like crap other than Gilbert. Gilbert had a great game. Everybody else on the roster shot like crap last night. They were bad defensively for their standards, and I just – I didn't think they played that well, Chris. Like, they, they didn't. They just they, – they had that six, seven-minute stretch where they were unconscious, and they – they played really good defense, and Baylor was totally frazzled. I give both of those teams credit, though, because Iowa State didn't play well, still gets themselves in a position to win, couldn't do it. But two, Baylor could have really easily folded after that 20-0 run. Your coach gets run. Your your crowd, yeah. like everybody's lost their composure. You're that, 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 you know, you've got a guy who's never been a head coach before on your bench. I, I thought Baylor really deserved it. They, to me, they, they showed me some toughness there at the end to be able to come back. But yeah, I mean, the, what happened? They didn't make free throws. If you're, what are the, well, they were 53% from the free throw line in the second half. If you're 60%, you win the game. That's it. And, and 60% is not good. That's the game. I, I thought the first half was terrible. I mean, just getting destroyed on the offensive glass second chance points were like 14 to four at halftime. I, I I thought that they were Baylor was basically beating Iowa state at their own game. And Otzelberger made some good adjustments to that zone in the second half. Completely. Yeah. Big 12 basketball on the road. Nobody expected them to win it. Uh, I'm, I am anxious to see how this game goes at Texas. I could see it going both ways i could see iowa state actually having a lot of confidence after how that played out and i could also see that this be a really tough one texas is going to be up for iowa state that is a real rivalry right now with tyrese hunter there that crowd at texas is much better than it has been weird stat with them i think they have four 
wins in the league right now, and three of them have come on the road. So Texas is going on the road hmm. and winning games, but they haven't been as good at home for, for one reason or another. That's coming up on Tuesday night. We are presented, as always, by Fairway Meat and Grocery in the Channel Seed Studios. We'll do our Kelderman Bigger, Better, Boulder coming up here in just a little bit. Again, Hassel is in Atlanta on his way to Las Vegas. The Iowa women, I, I thought of something last night, and Chris, I've... I have wrongfully not seen this up until now. The the Iowa women now are just they're in that mode. We talk so much about oh the Caitlin Clark effect. They're selling out all these arenas, uh, all the good that's coming from it. I think the one thing maybe that I personally have missed is that they're getting every team's best shot. This is like Kansas in the Big Ten. Like every Kansas, Bill Self's teams don't get phased by crazy arenas like Houston's do because Houston's team, although they're better than Kansas in almost every metric, they're not used to this going into these arenas and just getting harassed and just sell out crowds because this is their first year in this league. Kansas basketball, they've got kids camping out before their games everywhere, right? Like this is the biggest game on the schedule every season when Kansas comes to town. The Iowa women are experiencing that right now. And like, yeah, we didn't see that coming last night, but man, maybe we should start to expect it a little more as we near March. With the good Iowa point. Women. I mean, especially with programs like Maryland, you've got a great coach. Yeah. Brenda freeze. Who's won a national championship. Like the, it, it's not it's not a team that hasn't been a part uh, or a program I should say that's been a part of, of major moments and you're right when, when you, you sell out your own arena you're fired up to play the number three team in the country and, and Caitlin Clark and everything that goes with that I think a lot of times your your level of play does rise and I I was just I just thought they had their moment you know first quarter and then Iowa kind of I thought pulled away in the second quarter and they were just going to ease into that victory. I kind of almost stopped switching the channel back and forth. Cause I, I couldn't do the, the quad box for YouTube TV. They didn't include the Iowa women's game on the quad box. It was only the men. I think they separate men's and women's college basketball. Now, did you see that the news that came out last week, they're going to start giving that, us the option. You're going to be able to pick. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's huge. it would have been awesome if I could have the Iowa state game and the Iowa women's game on at the same time, but I had to keep going back and forth. And then there were these runs. And man, when Maryland took that lead after uh, a run in the third quarter, that place was just on fire. Mm -hmm. Caitlin Clark, get the ball in her hands. She drives it inside and just makes – it looked effortless. It looked easy, but made an incredible pass for an easy lay-in. And then they get a stop next time down the floor. Boom, she just drills a three. And, I mean, that's that's greatness. That's that's special. And she got a lot of help, too. Like, I, I was worried going into this season that they just weren't going to have enough help around her to be a legitimate top-five team. And they've stepped up. The, the other players have stepped up in a huge way and have hit some monster shots, had come up big in, in big-time situations, and they had to do that. All of them had to do that on the road at Maryland, and it's, it's going to keep happening. I mean, geez, it's, it's not going to get any, any easier down the stretch. I mean, there's a game they have to go to Indiana 
later this season. It's that's kind of yeah. Does that feel like a rivalry a little bit? It's starting to because yeah. of what happened last season. Yeah, I thought I thought so too. And then Iowa really punked them when they came to Carver Hawkeye. So you know that team will be completely focused and and ready to go. My maybe it's not my favorite Caitlin Clark play, but one of was in the third quarter. I think she pulled up from like thirty feet with like nine ten seconds to go on the shot clock. Oh my god. <laughs> The, the, the place that she's taken these shots oh from. God. Remember, Chris Kingsbury kind of redrew what we thought was possible from a shooter and where someone might shoot from. She is sometimes five feet behind the farthest Chris Kingsbury oh. attempted shots. <laughs> the one last night again. I, so I have I have multiple TVs going. I had Carolina Duke, Iowa State, and then the Iowa women, and I saw that play on my third TV that was on the right. And I just assumed it was like a shot clock running out. Like she just heaved it. And, oh, no, she just pulled up with 10 seconds on the shot clock and buried a 30-footer. It was (laughs) – and that that was why – and a lot of these people got, like, pissed at our conversation, and and I still don't understand why. When we were saying how would Caitlin Clark do in the men's game. Oh, boy. Here we go. Like she could pull up from anywhere. Like her range is incredible. Like that, it's it's insane to watch, and she just it, it's like it gets longer every single night out. I what did she have twelve assists on thirty nine points or whatever it was last night. It was it was an incredible performance. Is Ben Wink here? Oh, hey guys, he's here. He's here so, now. Where the hell have you been? Yeah, had to run a few errands. He's been at church. Jeez. Yeah, I was at church. He's taking the week off like Brock Purdy and the Niners ahead of the Super Bowl. Bye week. <laughs> Did you see a um, quote from one of the Niners? They're like, hey, you're going to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to party for a couple days, then we're going to hit the playbook. <laughs> really, really great. He actually said they're going to party. Yeah. A really great book to read if you like the NFL in NFL history. It was the Jeff Perlman book on the Cowboys that he did, I don't know, 15 years ago on the Cowboys oh. dynasties about how they would take a plane – with like the players and then they would bring the families like three days later. So basically, and then there would be another plane where they brought like mistresses and hookers and my God. And then once the family showed up, they took that plane with all the prostitutes and whatever. It took them back, back to Dallas. Not saying the 49ers are doing that. Um, but that's, that's kind of how that, but that, that, I'm that sure they're, they're, team was different. Plenty of women in the Las Vegas area that they <laughs> they don't maybe don't need to fly in their own like on the side people. I mean, they, unless I don't know, is oh. it like uh, Deshaun Watson with his masseuses? I mean, it just had to be the same ones over and over again. Crazy. The weather's uh, going to be terrible, man. Just terrible. It's supposed okay. to like rain all week. The high of fifty. So they they actually I know you don't care about NASCAR, but they're supposed to have their big NASCAR race at the L.A. Coliseum today. Oh and, yeah, L.A.'s and it got moved up last night because they're like, "There's no way we can get this in in like five days." Mm-hmm. So you're going to be getting same that thing too. happened with the um, the golf at Pebble Beach on Sunday. the The final round was postponed until until Monday. Yeah, it's I guess there's some kind of crazy weather phenomenon coming in from the Pacific Ocean. I also saw that Chris WrestleMania has a uh, press conference in Vegas on Thursday. <laughs> like, 
they time that out very interestingly with oh, the so Super they Bowl did that because all that Super <laughs> Bowl me- media will the be media there. will be there. Yeah. Wow, I didn't I didn't put that together. That was a shrewd move there by by WWE. Let's uh we'll get to the Iowa offensive coordinator and stuff in a minute, but the Super Bowl storylines hassle. I mean, how much is this is going to be Brock Purdy, honestly? So you got Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and Brock Purdy, but like Purdy is going to be the poster child all week, right? I mean, I think the talk is going to be Mahomes legacy dynasty. I think that's there, but the, but the number one talking point for the 49ers is going to be Brock Purdy. Yes. It's going to be, is he going to be able to rise to the moment again? Is he finally going to be exposed? Um, Cause this chief's defense is really good. Like it, that's the thing about this defense. This, this chief's team is, yeah, you might have, the best quarterback in this generation who might go down as one of the top quarterbacks of all time. And you've got the best tight end of all time. The defense is the best they've had since like the Derek Thomas era 30 years ago. This is a great chiefs D and it's going to be, it's going to be tough for the 49ers. I think it's going to be tougher than, it has been facing this Chiefs team in years past. That's what got him here. It, sure, Patrick Mahomes did his thing, and Travis Kelsey did his thing. But without this defense, they're not here. I mean, what what, what game was it? They didn't score in the second half and won. Was, was that the Ravens, Ravens game? game? Yeah, Ravens yeah. game. It's this defense, and that's it's, it's going to be a lot tougher for Brock Purdy, I think, than the last two All defenses right. he's faced. Now I know I'm going to piss Van Winkle off with this question, but I'm also being real. The let's let's say the 49ers lose, Chiefs win this game uh 27 to 20. Okay. Hassle. Is there still Brock Purdy doubt all off season low? Or has he done enough? Uh I think he's done enough to quiet it some, but there is no doubt in my mind that will be one of the storylines of the offseason. If, if the 49ers don't win the game, is, is it because of Brock Purdy? I'll go back to the na- that will be the national conversation, but that, w- that will not be the conversation in the Bay Area at all. I think that no, I, the front I, office, I, the I, coaching staff has full cut. But, San Francisco. Yeah. I'm just saying nationally on the programs, you're going to have people that will stand to what they've been, stand to their guns, stick to their guns, I should say. And continue to say, well, if they had a great quarterback, that's all they're missing right now. They've got all the pieces. They just don't have that great quarterback. Do they have all the pieces? Their defense has been very suspect. The last Their defense, yes, the last few weeks it has. I mean, weeks. it was really good. I mean, well, you look at yeah. you look at it on paper in the regular season, they're top three in points allowed. I think top mm-hmm. three in yards per play. But, yeah, the defense has been terrible. Yeah, and that was the story come into the season. The the defense was supposed to to lead the way this year, yeah. and it has mm-hmm. at times. It has at times. Chase Young came in and has done some, but I think they've expected more from him. Um, Bosa's had a decent year. Um, the secondary, Fred Warner's had an All Pro type year, but I know we'll see. They got their hands full with the Chiefs. I, I, It'll be I, good. I, I'm know. I'm glad we're getting this Super Bowl, and, and there's so yeah. many Iowa State fans that are conflicted going into this game too who are Chiefs fans and then that are also rooting for Purdy. Huh. Like the it, Iowa State 
Chiefs fan. Yeah. We kind of had the same thing with – there was another team. It was at the Packers because a lot of Iowa State – I mean, there's some Iowa State fans that are Packers fans too. I mean, come on. you got to cheer for your team. That's what I say. Williams, when was, the, when was the last time an Iowa State player played in a Super Bowl? Was it Ellis Hobbs with the Patriots? Played in a Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, Would well, it have been 01? Ellis, no. There's got to be somebody who's been on a roster. Think, I, I was thinking, like, was AJ Klein on one with the Saints maybe one year or Yeah, I, there's got to be somebody who's been on a roster, but obviously never to this extent where. Yeah. Well, definitely not a starting quarterback, actually. but yeah. yeah. But yeah, Hobbs was a big part of those those teams with the Patriots in the early early years there. All right, we'll we'll do a lot more Super Bowl later this week. Two guys named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere, presented by Fairway. Let's um, let's do the Iowa offensive coordinator deal. But first, let's knock out this week's bigger, better, bolder, bigger, better, bolder. Powered by Kelderman Manufacturing. I want to lead into the Iowa offensive coordinator talk. Uh, I'm going to give mine to Deacon Hills NIL swim trunks. You can buy these things online for $55. I'm 99% sure that we've already covered this on this here program That's about three or four months ago. Yes, the, we, we pulled up the Deacon Hill NIL shop, and it had all yeah. kinds of stuff, I, I a- including the, the swim trunks. I remember doing the Deacon Hill shop bit, but I don't remember seeing these badass. The swim trunks were on there. Fifty-five swim trunks. How much there's does that also, big um, Deak energy get if you if you buy one of these? There's also uh, p- click on that shirt, Van Wink, the one that the one uh-huh. that okay, zoom in because so it's a shirt, it's a Deacon Hill shirt, and it's got like a hawk in the background, like a bald eagle. Yeah, and it's got Deacon Hill in a suit. But look at the pictures of him playing. That's clearly him in a Wisconsin jersey. <laughs> Look at it. Look at the stripes on the sides. It, that, that's right. him in a Wisconsin jersey. Come on. The guy started a bunch of this. You got to update that. Deke. Oh, got a Hawkeye jersey on there. These swim trunks started to get tossed around this weekend, and I just loved it. Yeah, I, I saw that, but I think we were first to the party on this. Uh, I didn't see ago. the swim trunks, but uh, Deacon Hill uh, swim trunks. There you go. My bigger, better boulder. Go and support that young man. He, uh, what do you think this Tim well, Lester's thinking watching that tape back? Watching Deacon Hill. Well, maybe that's why he said it's going to be a run-first offense. <laughs> my, for us? my triple B, I went a little bit uh, a little bit out of left field, or from half court, so to speak. I saw this. It was on the ESPN.com, and it's this guy – nailing a half-court shot, throwing it with his left hand. And it's like an old guy. And the fans went nuts. So I start looking into it a little bit more. And it's this, like, legendary fan that goes to every game that is that works um, with Wofford and I believe had some – uh, disabilities and they call him slick daddy <laughs> and they invited him onto the court. And this guy, he's got like, you know, you can't even see any teeth in his mouth when he smiles, but this brings a smile to your face. Look at the joy. He got slick that Caitlin. Daddy. He got that Caitlin Clark in him. Yeah. He's got that Caitlin Clark range. 
banks it in with the left hand. Uh, that video I got from uh, ESPN, ESPN Plus. But I thought that was that was neat to see, like just a guy that's there every single game at every sporting event, huge, just Wofford to the bone, and he Flip gets that Daddy. shot. That's a good name. That's a good name. Uh, all right, Van Winks, who do you got this week? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I missed the earlier conversation. Oh, I'm sure you worry. guys have already talked to Iowa State Baylor, but I'm going to give this one to the refs in that game for <laughs> for ejecting Scott Drew for the first time in his career. Wait, uh, that was an embarrassment. That was horrible. That's a bold move to to eject. <laughs> that's a that's a I mean, not better. Not it's it's a big bold move. It's bigger and bolder. It's, that's it's for sure. bigger and bolder. Yeah, I mean uh, maybe not better. On. Although it, for for Iowa State fans, it was better because yeah, sure. One of a twenty to nothing run thanks to that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I I did not realize until Williams told me that was his first time ever being ejected from a game. He's I a mean, nice crazy. guy. Yeah, like he's not yeah. a he's not a dick. Like, For stepping, uh, they had something against him. Or that's what I yeah. said, Matt. You did miss Jeez. that. Like he had to have pissed that guy off at some point before. It was just a bizarre sequence of of how that all. We had, our post, to, we had our post mortem last night on the Cycle Fanatic stream. So. Yeah, Matty joined me. When I was just distraught after that it, and then my buddy nick pointed out to me because i said like when you when your team hits the buzzer the dramatic buzzer beater and then it gets taken away like that's the epitome of pain in sports and my buddy nick who's an iowa fan he's like oh yeah try cooper DeGene's punt return <laughs> oh. like, okay yeah you got me yeah. topped there you got me topped there are you hearing this background noise here? I mean, this is like, it's like turned into a rave here. At the it's Delta not too Lounge. bad. I mean, I can hear okay. it, but man, I, I need to get me in the Delta Club. Just go there and party yeah, with free you. Booze. The, the, free the, booze. There's a bartender right behind me. Yeah, it's I mean, free? if you get... If, and they got yeah. Bullet Rye back there? I get your Bullet, uh, bullet Rye. Bullet Rye is not free. Oh. It's not oh. free. What's free? It, you, like, free uh, Old Forester is free. Oh, well, that's pretty good high quality. Yeah, it's not bad. Whiskey for free. I mean, it's no Steeple Ridge, but no, 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 no. I, I broke into that on uh, Thursday night. Pretty. What'd you Pretty think? Good. Liked it. Wonderful. Yes, I I had some of that. Uh, the stuff that was in the cherry casks. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. so good. You so keep good. calling it cherry. It's sherry. Sherry. <laughs> Did cherry I say here. cherry? Did I say cherry cask? Yeah, you said cherry. It's okay. Did I really? Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's something that I would call you guys out on. So thank you for calling me out for that. Uh, (laughs) The the new Iowa offensive coordinator, Tim Lester, and Kirk Ferentz joined Gary Dolphin on the Hawkeye Radio Network Friday night. It's the Iowa men beat Ohio State. And uh, what did did you think? I... I'll let you kind of recap it, Chris, and then we can give some opinions on this. What was your takeaway? Okay. Um, I was fine with everything Lester said. Um, he said it's going to be a run-first offense, of course. You know, that uh, you'd be insane if you thought that it was going to be a pass-first offense. But it was the comments from Kirk Ferentz that really rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way and – uh, many of the rest of us are like, yep, it's exactly what I thought he would say. So here's the quote. He was asked, and Chad Lystico tweeted out the comments, but he was asked if, um, you know, if, if Kirk Ferentz was going to give Tim Lester much flexibility 
under his parameters. And he said, we've been here 25 years now, and the parameters have been pretty much the same. There are certain things that just aren't negotiable. Ball security is a really important thing, and we didn't do a great job of that this past year. That's true. I mean, that was our big complaint about Deacon Hill, like why you keep running him out there. He is coughing up the ball constantly. Like if there's one thing that guy should never do is turn the ball over. But he goes on to say, historically, when we do a good job there, we win and win a lot of games. True. That's one thing right there. And having here, here he goes into, into nothingness and having three segments involved in the game. He wasn't asked about special teams or defense, but it says, and having three segments involved in the game, we want to be mindful of what helps the defense, what hurts the defense, mindful of field position. The bottom line is there's a lot of ways to move the ball and move the ball efficiently. Have regard to time of possession, some of those things. Okay, you ask a coach, what's the most overrated stat? Nine out of ten of them are going to say time of possession. Mm-hmm. Time of possession does not matter in the modern game to most teams and most coaches. Clearly, Kirk Ferentz is not a modern coach. Ultimately, he says, the game is still about scoring more points than your opponent. We've historically played pretty well on defense. We plan to continue that. Just really excited. I think Tim's a guy who appreciates having balance. Exactly what you would expect from Kirk Ferentz. The first thing he says is being there 25 years. I'm surprised there wasn't anything in there about we won 10 games last season. That's that's the one thing that was kind of missing off his bingo card. What did you make of the comments? Uh, you nailed it on Ferentz. I thought all the – I thought very similar. I, I thought that, like, last year I was pretty okay with what he said. I mean, he, he talked about being a run-first team, and they have to run the ball better. They're not good enough in the passing game. They they have to. So he, he is right um, about that, and I didn't have any problem with that. The only thing I would pick apart with him is he talked a lot about we want to be 50-50 run pass. And, again, like the great offensive coaches, and I'm like that, it, that doesn't matter. That's not – Again, yes, that's another stat that just yeah. does not matter or should not matter. No. That mattered a lot in 1990, and now it's you want to abuse all areas of the field. That's the the fifty fifty thing doesn't matter as far as and and your opponent should dictate like you you the way the opponent attacks you should dictate the way you attack them like you should never just want to be fifty fifty like you should there are right. games where you might yeah. want to be sixty five thirty five run pass you he might want to be sixty forty pass run he kind of alluded to that too in in fairness to him but it's just. Again, like I'm, I'm studying like another extreme though. Like I'm, I'm like a leechaholic, right? Like I'm, like the guys I'm are so forward thinking with this that like trying to compare it to what Kirk Ferentz and his staff think it just really isn't even fair to those guys because they're not even on the same, they're not in the same universe as far as discussing what offensive football should be. But that is such a flawed way to look on it. Is we need to be fifty fifty, no. You need to be able to use every aspect of the field, and you need to not be predictable. That's the number one thing, especially with you – know, you look at Iowa this year and, and what's coming back. They are going to be pretty limited offensively, right? I mean, they, the line should be better. You get Proctor. Like I, I truly believe that 
Um, this is a net plus to Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator in some capacity. Now, how much was dad dictating it? We don't really know because we weren't in that, but that seems to be what a lot of us think. But it's like you're going to have a, a limited quarterback in terms of mobility with Cade McNamara, right? It's just yeah. it's just a reality. I'm not saying he's going to suck. I'm saying that this guy gets hurt all the time. And and yes, not- you better have a backup plan, a Correct. good backup plan not deacon hill i just and i want less of the 50 50 talk and more just we need to find a way to use the entire field and not be everything that we do is inside of a box because that's how iowa football has been for too long where the defense can just stack nine ten guys and they know exactly what's coming 80 percent of the time that is what has to change for this offense. And that's another reason too. It's like in Deacon Hill's defense, what do I what do I keep telling you guys? Like when the other team knows what's happening, it makes it really hard to do your job. Well, here you have this limited quarterback who was fourth string at Wisconsin until that guy, uh, Bud Meyer, brought him in. Right? He was fourth string. And so he's clearly like a limited athlete. He doesn't have accuracy. And now we're going to put him back here. And the defense, these good Big Ten defenses are going to know what's coming 80% of the time. It's an impossible situation. So that's the number one thing that this Lester's got to work on is just like, how do you, not only how do you move the ball like he talked about, but how do we change this shit up so the defense doesn't know exactly what's coming? And that to me, trumps everything because that'll help your ball security that will help you be able to run the football that will help your completion percentage that will do everything it's really freaking hard to do your job when the defense knows what's coming well said only thing i want to add is you've got the spencer petrus jersey yes now you need now you need the swim trunks you gotta have the big (laughs) beacon energy swim trunks how many people are going to be rocking those things in iowa dude i would like I would wear the I would wear that shit ironically all the time if I were I, Iowa. I, I do think I do think there will be fans that that will buy that stuff because it is like it is kind of cool. It is yeah. kind of ironic, you know. It's, it's yeah, like it, in ten years, it's like you're at a pool party on the Fourth of July. Is that are those those Deacon yeah. Hill swim trunks? Hell yeah, it is. That's like you you rack up some big time fan points when you wear those things to a to a pool party, you know. Oh, people yeah. know you're in the weeds if you've oh, got yeah. some. some Deacon Hill gear. Hell yeah. All right, get out of here. You had a hard stop at one o'clock. That's about what time Matt's it is. got a uh Matt's got a Kane Brown in those. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, we let's, go. Let's do this real quick. Yeah, we what got, got one Kane Brown winner to announce. Uh Casey Waters is our winner this week. Congrats, Casey. You're going to Kane Brown April eighteenth at Wells Fargo Arena. All right. Hell Casey yeah. Waters. Big Casey time. Waters. All right, we will uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll let you know when Thursday's show is going to air and and how we're going to record that and do everything. It'll be dictated on uh, Pretty Boy Hassel's schedule out there in Las Vegas. He's going to be out at these strip clubs until like 4 a.m. just doing all the high high society stuff. I'll go say hi to your favorite blackjack dealer. Oh, Zoomier? Head over to... Zoomier. Are you going to go over to Binion's? I I don't know Something tells me your crowd's not hanging out at Binion's. Well, and I I usually stick to where the hotel is. And where are you we're at? on the strip. We're at the Paris, which is oh. right across from the Bellagio. Oh, yeah. So we're That's like right nice in the hotels. Nice. Pinky is in the it? Air. I, I yeah, don't. I've nice. never been inside Paris. Get out of here.
Appreciate you. All right. Castle's traveling all week. We'll have our full week of shows for you here on Iowa Everywhere. For Matt Van Winkle, Chris Hassel, I'm Chris Williams. Hope you enjoyed this special Sunday installment of Two Guys Named Chris. Iowa Everywhere.